Casio goes old school with their latest release, a Panerai release a watch that's so exclusive you have to risk your life to get it, we discuss if Christopher Ward is the best value Swiss watch, and Chris talks to us about the Bell & Ross Alpine F1. Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, you're joined by Sam and Chris. How have you been, Chris? Great, great. Spent uh, spent the Saturday out in an autocross. So, yeah, so that's the racing cones in a parking lot kind of low low impact not as uh not as scary as rally but uh, definitely hone the driver skills lots of fun excellent well yeah and we sorry everyone we missed last week you didn't we didn't get deleted like some of the watch channels we just had a break last week we had a lot going on with work etc so mm, yes. sorry to everyone there uh, for missing that week also we didn't do a live stream either but we'll be looking to do one i've got a special guest lined up for this sunday if i can get it arranged check it out on the facebook group yeah well you're gonna do that are you gonna do that around six you said do you know what time yes thinking of doing it around 8 p.m eastern 8 p.m eastern okay yeah so cool 5 p.m and that'll be on a sunday that seemed we did a poll on the website and that seemed to be a universal time that was good for everyone i might uh i might drop in i might be able to drop in That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, should we uh, mix it up a little bit and go straight in with hit or miss? Okay, sure. Sounds good. This week for hit or miss, I have for your pleasure, your viewing pleasure, the new Casio F100. So this is the re-release of the F100 watch. I'm the same re-release, but I don't even remember this one originally. But I guess the question is, is this going a bit too far, Chris? Is this a bit too too on the uh, retro side for you? Or what do you think? Hmm, yeah, and a hit or miss. Too much? Yeah, I like how they... Or, or they should just use the dial bad good. There you go, <laughs> in the picture. <laughs> That's great. Um, so the first question is, I... I what are the what are the four buttons? Those are the control buttons, so they aren't on the side; they're on the face. Yes, is that what's going on? Yeah, ah, okay. I I wondered that exact same thing. Why are they color coded? Apparently, they control the dates, the calendar, and stopwatch on the front of the watch instead of on the side. And apparently, they've they've upgraded these from the original one. I don't remember this original. Yeah, one, I don't. To be yeah, no, I can I cannot remember a, a watch. I do not remember the uh, evolution of side buttons <laughs> as as a uh, as a as a watch. Uh, um, uh, boy, I I think it's too far. I think it's too far. I mean, retro retro to the oh, there's a close up. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a it looks like a prop out of a seventies uh, sci fi. I think I would like it more if it was a prop watch. Do you know what I mean? I think I would like it more if it tied into something like, like you said, Battlestar Galactica yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This is the right. This is the yeah. This is the the Battlestar watch or something like that. Right. Totally. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit f- too far as well. But they're, they're going to be knocking them out at fifty five dollars, fifty five to seventy five dollars. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, even if you slightly like the look of it. So what you're saying, good, you're saying, Chris? You saying always a good up. price? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a a, a little too far. I'm going to say miss. Oh, so you're going kind of down the level. Yeah. Okay, well, I will also say... I think it's going to be a hit, but for me, it's a miss. 
Well, Chris, have you had a watch obsession this week? A little bit. I, you know, we had a we had a conversation about the brands that are out there now, and sort of this. It feels like a a waterfall of just random brands that are kind of in the watch world and just coming across our Instagram, our feed, and things like that. I I don't know whether it's sort of how uh the the watch community sort of goes from thing to thing but right now i feel like it's very we're not we're not really focused on any specific brand it's all these like new random brands i don't know like i was on instagram the other day and i swear i scrolled through like five pictures of just like random like watch brands i'd never heard of i got a sponsored ad from a watch brand i'd never heard of and i don't know it's just starting to be a little sensory overload. I don't know. I don't know how you you feel about it, but I feel exactly the same. It's been weird for me. I think there is so many watches now that are, especially if you're on Instagram and a few of the other sites. There's so many new, different brands that have. It's for me. It's overload at the moment. I think I'm definitely going through a stage of really considering. I've actually for the first time on reddit i've removed myself from some of the reddit watch groups because it was getting it was getting too much overload of watches and i didn't want to lose that excitement of finding new and quirky watches myself right 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 yeah that's that's a good way to put it too like because if you you know you feel like when you see it in instagram if it's new and quirky everything can't be new and quirky and and also you get a little overloaded with it and you want to be the one to maybe find that. That's a good, that's a good point that you want to like go out and look. I thought about it from this standpoint, I thought about it like what brands do we know and trust and respect and love, etc. that we're not seeing stuff from. Yes. And so that, took me on this watch obsession to kind of look at some of these brands. Now, I have been interested in Damasco for a while, um, and we've talked about them on the show, and they have a new diver. And it's, a, and it's you know, it's it's a PVD case. It's, it's a black, it's it's a black case. I think it's PVD. I don't know if it's ceramic. Pretty sure it is it's PVD. And it's just a variation on their diver. They did a, a black one with orange hand. They did a blue one. That I blue, it kind of looked funky, but this one looks pretty sharp. And I was, I am always on the fence with PVD. I know you are not a PVD fan, but I know we have some uh, listeners and viewers who. Uh, so I thought I'd bring this to everyone's attention. Here we have, you know, a very settled, established German brand who has been making a ton of their stuff in-house they make their i think they make most of their their cases are made in-house and a lot of their movement parts are now i'm still disappointed i think they were experimenting with the silicone hairspring stuff and it seems like that stuff is no longer available but yeah i just uh got uh got obsessed with this uh this damasco diver to your point it looks like it's gone in-house movement as well that they put in mm. there the mm-hmm. 42 hour a power reserve i'd be very interested to see that you you're totally right damasco is a brand that people don't talk about enough 
and I always reference them. When anybody makes a comment about, well, Steinhardt make great, uh, great watches, and I'm like, did you know there's another German brand that is making completely unique designs and are doing a much better job? Because there is, and Damasco is who that brand is. Um, there's a few others, Handhart and so on, but Damasco, family-owned, you're getting something completely unique. You've ve- I have never seen anyone in the wild wearing one when we've been at one of our watch watch uh, I, I know i know someone who has one I, i've seen two i know someone who has one and yeah they're they're a uh if you want i feel like uh if you're the watch type that that wants that sort of uh, insider recognition which some of us go for uh damasco is a brand for you because if i saw one of those if i saw like the the central, the central seconds chronograph, or like this diver, or any of their their uh, th- you know three button chronographs, three uh, register chronographs. I mean, I would meet one. I would immediately recognize it, and two, you would immediately establish yourself as a cool watch guy. So just just letting you know. <laughs> and I don't know much about this process, and maybe we'll have to do a separate upload on this. But don't they ice harden the steel? or something i don't understand how that process works do you understand about it maybe we'll have to do an upload yeah a little bit i mean so so from what i understand it's a it's a cryo treatment process similar to what you might do to uh gears for in like a transmission or a machinery so when you take steel and you take it way 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 way, way down below zero uh, you get a crystal, a different crystal formation in the steel. So the, the steel, the structure, the internal structure of the steel actually changes. And then if you slowly bring it back up, so you do this process a couple of times to like harden, it actually like changes the, the crystal structure of the steel in order to harden. And the fact that they're doing this to your watch case is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks like they've really focused their collection. And they're family owned, I think, from yeah. from memory. It's a family from, yeah. owned. Yeah, from what so I, from what I remember. Unique. Yeah, and I know uh, Rob over on the Facebook group. He he's a big fan of Damasco. I know. I think he's at least got one or two of them. Well, I actually haven't got a watch obsession this week. I have been wearing non-stop my Christopher Ward watch, and this leads on to something I mentioned in the headlines. I've reviewed a couple of Christopher Watt. This is by no means, they haven't paid me for do this advert. They've never sent me a watch in for free. I, I know I've mentioned this before, but just to do that disclaimer. But after owning a Christopher Ward, this watch I paid about $750 for. I got it on sale. I think they're near enough $900. This has got a Salita movement in here as well. After all the watches I've reviewed over the years, I I'm honestly thinking that this could be one of the best value Swiss watches that you could buy. Mm, the, that's super high praise. Yeah. I really do. I think the attention to detail of the dial, the indices, and the way that the hands are finished with that bevel, and this light catcher case is it's incredible how they've done it. It's extremely comfortable. The You know, my thing is that the center of gravity is at the back of the watch. The bracelet, even though... I know a few commenters say, oh, it's just an oyster bracelet. It's a bit boring. I I, I don't disagree with that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair. The clasp is very, very well machined. And there's a nice diver's extension on it. It's not Tudor caliber with their spring loaded, but there's a nice ratcheting system that I find that I use a lot 
during the day, especially in this Florida heat at the moment. Mm, I do find myself it just in it. Yeah, yeah just to pop it, it open you, a little bit. Have you had a diver's extension on a watch before? I, I had on my turtle, but it's it was it's just too big. And I think I had it on my I have an original uh Zen bracelet that has it. So my uh one oh three Zen bracelet has it, but it it's like it goes from, you know, too tight on the wrist to like it can almost go off my <laughs> off my thumb, you know, kind of the side of my my hand there. So um yeah so if it's like just the sweet spot to kind of open it up that's nice yeah and i'm only saying this because i haven't taken this thing off and you know i know there's an there's an ongoing joke that'll probably be ebay in a, in a year but i don't think i will <laughs> i'm blown away by the quality of it and I, I left it a few weeks i've probably had it six weeks now at this stage i didn't i left it so that i was over the honeymoon stage just to see how i still felt about it yeah, and good. continue to be very impressed by it. It's got the quick, quick release bracelet as well, so you can easily take it off. Now, I will say one thing: New, normally, I say that watches uh, look great on any straps. I have to admit, this one doesn't. There's a few straps that it looks awesome on, but it doesn't look good on any strap. I would say, and I don't know whether that's because. Well, first of all. I'm wearing it on the bracelet, which I hardly ever. Uh, yeah, do I, was, I actually was. Yeah, I was going to mention that you're not a. You're not typically a bracelet guy. Like you, you have like a favorite turtle bracelet that you have, but most of the time it's on. It's on some. I mean, you are a strap collector more than you are a watch collector. So yeah, 100%. <laughs> I know we joke about that all the time, but it's true. But yeah, I'm really impressed, and I just sort of thought I'd does, mention it if you're interested. Yeah. Does the um. Does the uh, does the dial have any? Is it just is it just silver, white, blue? Like whatever? What, does it have multiple colors? Is that why it's maybe harder to work with a strap? No, it's. I think it's might be the shape of the case, the way that the lugs slope down. So it means that it's very comfortable on the wrist, and also it hides the fact that the way that the lugs sort of shape down means that it covers the the quick adjustment pins on the back because if you looked at it from the back you would think that the quick adjustment pins would dig into your wrist yeah the way yeah. That the, and i think that's why it doesn't suit all straps is the way that the lugs sort, sort of, of slope down really slope down okay yeah okay. i've got it on a red leather strap that mccola made over at man cave leather which it looks awesome on but it, it because it's padded it's a padded mm. leather oh, strap I see. Yeah, I've, uh, I've tried it on some flat ones. It doesn't look so cool. Yeah. It doesn't look good on a waffle. Yeah, I found like if it doesn't like uh, if it doesn't take the if you if you don't sort of have that like pre curved shape yes. to kind of match the lugs. I've seen that my um, uh, Bell and Ross GMT kind of has that where the lugs come down. And I tried a Tropic strap that was not the official. So uh, that watch came on a Bell and Ross Tropic, and I should have just. I should just go and buy that one because it has the it has that sort of slope built in same sort of situation where and then like I tried to like adapt like an Uncle Seiko one and I had to like, you know, sort of like mold the inside and like really crease it so that it was like rounded. So totally know what you're talking about there. A little public service announcement. I think you should check out Chris Ford. I know a load of people complain about the name on the dial. Honestly, I would prefer the name not to be on there. I'll be totally open with you, but you do not notice it. Honestly, you do not notice it. Yeah. The only, I, I, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. The, the only, I think I'm the only person that has a legitimate 
issue with it because I spell my name Christopher with a K. So this is just <laughs> going to confuse people. That's the only legitimate complaint. And I'm still looking at their, um, at their, uh, at their blue chronograph that, uh, that yacht chronograph is just gorgeous. So always in my, always in my look. The the only thing that I would change if I was going to change something about it, the only thing I would change about it is it's it's using the Salita movement and it runs very well. I've got I put it on a time grapher. It, it, there's no beat error or anything like that, nothing of significance, but it, it regularly runs eight seconds fast. Normally, that would bother me a lot because I'm a bit of a, you know, an accuracy snob like we've talked about on the channel yep, before. Yep, I would like it if that was a little tighter, maybe towards five mm. seconds, which I think mm-hmm. you could easily do with a Salita movement. Oh, yeah, no problem. But it's weird, Chris. I don't know if you've ever had this. I've never had a watch run fast. They always run slow. And having a watch run fast, it seems to mentally bother me less because I can just pull the crown out and wait for the time. I'm right. not manipulating Trying to catch the, up. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever had that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you I know what you're talking about. So so um watchmakers from from what I have seen and been told will typically shoot for two seconds fast versus two seconds slow. Because then it's then it's like you say, it's just this feeling of like, well, first of all, you'll get there on time. So you're, you know, so you're so your watch is a little bit fast, which means that, you know, OK, so it's not 530, but you're 24 seconds early, you know, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. Um, so it's always better to be early than late. Um, and yeah, I think it kind of goes along with it like that, that sort of like that uh you know mental it's like your watch is like lost and you're like i can't catch up and you gotta like spin it around or wait for the next for the what i hate when you have to like you'll you'll be at like 43 and you're like i just gotta wait to 45 and you just sit there like a do for two minutes or one minute and 48 seconds you're like all right let's wait for this to come around you know yeah and let us know over on the facebook group which which you prefer fast or slow maybe we'll do a Maybe we'll do a, a poll on it. But speaking of polls, Chris, there I saw an interesting one on a blog to watch. And I think this, maybe we'll do an episode on this. I don't know whether we've got enough time to talk through it now, but it was how much are you willing to spend on a watch you have no intention of selling? Now, you know, this oh, this, this hits me because Almost any watch that I buy that's expensive is definitely right. I tried the poll myself, so I I went in with the three thousand to six thousand, and I was pretty amazed to see that most people. I think how this poll works is it's basically if you how much are you willing to spend on a watch that you have no intention of selling? So I think reading the graph, it would be, hey, some people are like, look, any watch less than five hundred. I wouldn't consider, you know, I would just wouldn't bother selling. But some people are like, no, I would. If I spent ten to thirty thousand, which has actually got the most votes here, then I would be keeping that watch. What do you, what do you think there on this? That's tough. I feel like that's almost a. I feel like it's almost a bell curve in some ways. Like, I I feel like if you once you get past a certain number, high, you would want to sell it, and then some. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Cause I mean, my personal experience tells me, uh, it would be, yeah, I have no problem between, I feel like watches, I think it's tough to flip watches in the, in the $300 range. 
So once you get down into like your your Seiko turtles, your suit, you know, your your monsters, your you know beginner uh, Timex, you know uh, these sorts of things, you, you can't, you know, you're not going to list your Timex mechanical on eBay and expect you know to sell it because it's just to getting a new one is just not it's just not that much you know it's like 180 dollars like it's not it's not that crazy um on the flip side i feel like once you get up into 600 into all the way up to thousands yeah maybe i'm not maybe i'm overthinking this maybe i'm overthinking this because i feel like they're missing a component which is if that like if that watch was for a special occasion or you were like you know if i picked up um if i had the opportunity to pick up let's say a fears right for whatever let's just throw a number out there thirty thousand dollars right that would have to be for a special occasion and i i would definitely not sell it well next thing i wanted to dive on and I and I haven't sent this to you, Chris, but I just I was just watching and mesmerized, I should say, by today. So one of my favorite US micro brands is Veya Watches. I think they do a great thing. I can't wait to get them on the show again. I loved their last watch that they sent me. They did a great YouTube video that's not got anywhere near the recognition that it should do. They basically did a breakdown of their US assembly plant. So not only do you get an a fantastic look at watchmaking in general. It's not the components, how they sort the components. There's some a very interesting uh, machine that they use to cut the stems, which I, I think you'd find pretty cool, Chris, because you're uh, you've got that engineer's mind how they get yeah, the stem, cool. stems exactly accurate. And then they also go into some of the ins and outs of what's classed as U.S. made versus Swiss made, and I didn't realize this that in excess of 95%, in order to be called US made, in excess of 95% oh, of the watch right. has yeah. to be US made, which in comparison to uh, here, they've got that graph that shows the um, the Japanese versus the Swiss versus the US. So mm. when they're striving for this US made, which I don't think they're quite yet there, they're still at the US assembled part. But when they do this US made, it's amazing how much of the components are have to be made in the US, which I think is right. I mean, I think that probably the, the Swiss have, have blurred those lines, haven't they, with that 65%. Yeah, an incredible in-depth look at, it's not even a Veyer advert, really they they it's just a it's just, just like a just a how it's made kind of like a just a back you know back back room kind of video they did that's a, that's cool so definitely check out that vea video and chris this week again we are very kindly sponsored by chrono 24 i'm still selling a watch on chrono 24 so i personally use them if you're interested in selling a watch they do that great buyer protection you can store your own watch collection on there as well which is really cool and see how your overall collection is trending against the market that's a really handy feature that they've got they have a, a watch scanner tool as well. They also have virtual showrooms. They have 
the global shipping. They have that great escrow service where you, the buyer transfers money to you and it stays in escrow or you transfer money via escrow if you're buying a watch. Great selection of new, used and pre-owned and also vintage watches as well. So a big thanks to Chrono24 for again sponsoring the show here. So Chris, nice. have you um, nice. have you used Chrono24? Yeah. I know you yeah. asked this yeah. last time. Yeah, you did. Um yeah, actually, let's have a little let's have a little fun with Chrono Twenty Four. I, uh, I I was thinking about this. We were just looking, and I hadn't been on there a while. And I was and I was looking. Here's here's what I want to know. So Chrono Twenty Four does this uh, cool little like our recommendations for you. Okay. So if so if Sam, you scroll down. What do you have? Ah, this yeah, is interesting. You can le- you can learn a lot about a watch guy by his recommendations. So what have we got here? We've got a uh, vintage. No, is that a Omega That's Seiko? That's the Quartz, Quartz Grand Seiko. Okay. There. That's the 9F Quartz Grand Seiko. Mm-hmm. The Aquaterra 41 millimeters. And it seems this one with the blue hand mm. just so happens to, you can get a really good deal on it for some reason. I don't know whether the blue hand never really took off, but I think it's a mm. stunning watch. 41 millimeters coaxial movement. I yeah. mean, this one is 5500 from Italy, but I've seen them around yeah. the $5,000 mark, which I think is new, which I think is a cracking deal. Um, nice. And then, of course, I've been looking at the, 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 the date just, and this X33 is only on there because <laughs> I've been researching been, yeah. my own X33 that yeah. I've been selling. Yeah. And then uh, you've got the Tudor Submariner on there and the, the Pelagos on there. Yeah. Nice. What does you, uh, what does yours say about it? Uh, I'll let you yeah. share yours. Yeah, let me. Yeah, let's let's see that. Let's share that. Hold on. So I've got the this uh, Frederic Constant limited edition tourbillon. Maybe not my style in black and gold, but like you can see the in the white with the white dial. I I I'm a big fan of uh, Frederic Constant. I would love to sort of upgrade my dress watch to something with a with a moon phase. Um, they also do some some really high complication watches for really inexpensive. So, I mean, here we have like, this is a, this is a tourbillon kids. This is, this is like, people are like, Oh, $37,000. You're like, right. But this is a tourbillon. Like you, this is the, you can't get, you can't say the word tourbillon for less than like 70, 80 in, in Swiss watch world. So, uh, let's see. So IWC pilot, and then there's my there's the blue edition of my uh, V293 in blue very similar uh as as a previous watch obsession the new uh, IWC 41 I think these are amazing and I want one uh Zen 103 uh here's another one where if you guys are looking for an automatic chronograph you want to get into a manual automatic chronograph i cannot recommend a used Zen more like you know for the money um such great tool watches of course the pelagos which we've talked many times and then oh this is fun the fortis uh space matic let's take a look at that yeah both at the pelagos and then they had the Spacematic. There's a three-hander Spacematic. Have you seen that one? No, kind of, I've just realized this is an awful segment for our audio listeners. We apologize. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sorry, I mean, we're, we're giving the names of the watches. That's you can true. keep up at home. You can keep up at home. But uh, for those uh, for those uh, who are not uh, super familiar. But uh, yeah. So And then um, I'm curious also, like, uh, 
yeah, you you kind of oh here it is my recently viewed. See this I was talking about uh, uh, some different ones. So the I would love to have one of these uh, panda dial ones, but we're going off on a tangent here. Moving on to our next story and a brand that we don't often cover on the channel, and that is Panerai. Although I definitely last year flirted with a Panerai. It's just that they're a little bit too. I don't know. They're just at that sweet spot of Rolex pricing, I think. And even though I think they look great, I know there's a lot of people who kind of fall in and out of love with them. But I didn't real. The reason that I mentioned this week, Chris, is I didn't realize that they did this. They've got a limited edition watch and it's not the first time they've done it. So, you know, yawn, yawn, another limited edition watch from a Mm -hmm, major mm -hmm. watch company. But what they've done, their little shtick on it is... It's part, you can only get this watch if you are part of an extreme VIP experience. So first of all, you have to be selected to join this VIP excursion. You pay $42,000, which they estimate is at least $20,000 over the price of the watch, the market price of the watch. Okay. And they've done a couple. They did a free diving expedition in French Polynesia. And they did a a hardcore training experience with the Royal Italian Navy, which obviously is in very in fitting with um, Panerai's name. And then this one was a rock climbing experience. I'm not going to go through the whole article. It's on Rob Report. It's fascinating. But essentially, this select group of people who were allowed to not only buy the watch, they had to, part of the... The thing was that they had to go on this extreme experience. <laughs> yeah. Now, what what do you think of this, Chris? Because oh, I, I know we had a, a conversation back and forth about is the watch itself an experience, and maybe are we do we seek that in a watch? But what do you first of all? What do you think of Panerai's marketing thing? Here? Well, well, I guess. I mean, yeah, I uh, I I can't fault them. I th- I mean, as as uh, a Gen Xer, I think it's weird, and uh, but I do know that more and more people are looking for an experience, and this is certainly one way to get it. Because um, it's binding. So, it, you made a good point before when we were on the on the pre-show when we were chatting about this story that we we like a watch because we tie it to an event or an experience and Panerai seem to be forcing those two things together don't they they're like well we're gonna you're gonna get the watch and then we're creating the experience that then emotionally ties you to that watch forever Jeez, i know i i yeah i, I don't know if i like then i feel like if i could like trick myself then i'd be terrified of like of like you know having having an inauthentic an unauthentic you know you pay you paid money it's like um to, you know like a, like a spiritual journey or something where you're just you know you like you get in your head and you're like oh you're gonna be changed after this man and then you like go on this and you're like you see it for what it is you know you see the like the little sherpas running around setting up the rock climbing gear and like they're getting it ready for you and like you're gonna climb the mountain and you're like yeah i know but i'm not gonna like actually die climbing it because i signed a thing and yeah, I feel like I feel like I would just I would maybe see through that, but definitely an interesting marketing idea to like close that gap right down to zero. Like you want you want your watch to have an experience? Okay, we're gonna give you an experience. You know, we're gonna you're gonna do free climbing and 
diving and rock, you know, all that stuff. Wow. And uh, yeah, I suppose it would uh, also, if Seiko did it, it would take the edge off some of those expensive $1,000 divers if they also gave you, like, a, if they flew you to Japan yeah. and you did a diving yeah, experience. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Right. I, yeah, think, no. I think it's a neat idea, honestly. I mean, yeah. it's definitely, it's, I mean, there's no, you can't buy this experience. They hand, they hand select you. So it's not like it's a every man's thing, but I, th- I think it's an interesting I, idea. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if that's like the selection process is like a, you you know, credit card check and a and a and an EKG from your doctor or something. <laughs> well, it actually goes in, in that article, and I'll link it um, in the show notes, everyone. In that article, it actually does discuss that that they do make sure that they are people are physically fit, that they fit a certain um, profile, so they would get on with other people and stuff. And it it looks like the people that this gentleman went with on the rock climbing excursion were were physically fit, to, to say the least. And, and, you know, I suppose tying a near-death experience to a, a watch is <laughs> know, really going right? to bond you to it. But uh, I, I thought know, that was strange. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting article and interesting concept. I, yeah, I want the... Um, yeah, now we'll, now we'll be looking for... Uh, Sam, we'll be reviewing... Uh, next up, we'll be reviewing the channel. We really love watch experiences, value watch experiences. So, like, you know, we'll do, we'll do how much of this experience is worth versus how much of the watch is worth. It'll be great. Yeah, if you get um, you buy a Vostok and get thrown in the Russian Gulag for two weeks, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, before we uh, before we insult anybody else's uh, country, and we do apologise. So thank you for anyone that's listening in Russia. Um, the um, uh, w- one thing, and this, I only mentioned this story because it leads on to the conversation that we had with uh, Justin, our Rolex AD friend. He was talking about Tudor was going to open a boutique and it looks like they've done that now. So it looks like a Rolex boutique and a Tudor boutique have been open next to each other. Apparently, an easy way to tell them apart is that the Rol- uh, the Tudor one will have watches in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the Rolex one will have champagne. So. Exactly. When you run out, of, when got, the Tudor one runs out of champagne, just you know, you know where to go. Yeah, <laughs> it looks pretty cool. They've got bars there. They've cool. got a beautiful picture of, of Hans Wildorf there, mm. Um, mm. and they and luckily they've used that same photo of Hans Wildorf that all of us YouTubers use because it's the one on Wikipedia. So yep. they seem yep. to have got that blown up Perfect. there. But I mean, Perfect. it looks it looks like a, it's going to be a it's certainly going to be an experience, and at least they can. Um, you know, they've got some nice sofas in there. But I, I went in the Watches of Switzerland, one in London, uh, in New York, that had the bar, and they did a fantastic job of it. And I, I would actually love to love to go in this one. Yeah, yeah. But, also, uh, I, and I feel like those spaces, uh, I know I know uh, Omega's probably keyed into this, and, and Tudor probably should be, and a lot of the ADs are. Those spaces are great for watch meets, and sort of bringing the community together, yeah. and so like if you want to get if you want to get a captive audience, kids, you know, bring them bring them into uh, you know nice fancy with the couches and have a you know have a little get together. Definitely, uh, definitely good good vibes. Well, moving on to our uh, our next story here, and this is this is one you wanted to discuss, wasn't it, Chris? This was about yeah, watches and the Olympics, and also mm. the uh, the rather sorry Olympics closing ceremony but yeah. uh yeah a little bit, i, I yeah. think he did an article on this i don't other than this royal oak and the g-shock i mean it wasn't they weren't flooded with 
great watches here. There was a Nixon on the surfer, and this, of course, that Breitling. Oh, look yeah, I know. I knew you'd catch that Breitling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breitling Aerospace and, and it, the Apple Watch. I didn't see a lot of the. So besides Michael Phelps, who had, I think, it like I think he wore like three different watches uh, throughout the probably. event. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's an Omega ambassador. I'm pretty he has sure. his own Omega named after him. That's right. That's right. Channel and yeah. he. I think he was wearing it one day on 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 the show. Besides him, I didn't really spot many Omega wristwatches kicking around. I feel like four years ago, well, five years ago now, uh, that we that that I that we saw more. Um, I feel like you know maybe the next everybody's kind of on to their either their Apple Watch or nothing. Yeah, and it's slim pickings if how dinky. I mean, if luckily. Breitling's represented, but I think it's the first time I've ever seen Hodinkin mention Nixon in an article, right. uh, which right, I thought was right. pretty hilarious. And then they've really got this... acknowledge them, yeah. The skateboarder, the gold, uh, the silver medalist, she was wearing her Apple Watch. And that might be the the thing for, for the future. Might It might all be Apple Watches, who knows? Yeah, but, maybe, um, maybe. But um, yeah, it actually got me thinking about uh, two things. So we were, so we were watching the closing ceremony, little... A little sad. I mean, it was just because there was no one in the stands, and I think that they limited the number of folks that could be in the ceremony. Not not the uh, athletes, of course, but the but the um, uh, performers. And so you had like maybe thirty performers out on that giant stage, and it was just it was like super empty, and uh, it was a little sad because again, there was no crowd or anything. Uh, but then they did the intro to next olympics three years in france and they had the french air force fly over the uh the uh i cannot pronounce it uh petrole de france uh they had them fly over and the only and they had some like cockpit view and they were like blowing the uh the red white and blue smoke and the only thing i was thinking about the whole time was like show the watch show the watch <laughs> And uh, I said to Sam in the free show, we were talking about who was it. And he's like, oh, the Yemma. And I was like, no, no. What are you, crazy? Bill and Ross, man. So <laughs> <laughs> so the official, uh, the official partner. Uh, so uh, that'll be, that'll be a, some, some fun watch spotting in, in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, Bell and, you know, I know you're a big fan of Bell and Ross. Maybe they would class as a brand that's not talked about enough. I think everybody reckons that thinks of the square watches, don't they? Mm-hmm. But they, they make some fantastic, um, you know, round chronographs. Yeah, and- yeah. And, and just to round this out, um, they just released their new, um, if if you hadn't seen it, I, be, I was talking about it a little bit, but we you teased it at the top of the show. Their Alpine F1 looks pretty good. They're, they're kind of their three versions that they did. They do a X version of this and then they do the a regular sort of chronograph version of this. But, uh, but I think it looks uh, pretty sharp for... Like partly, partially skeletonized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Nice clean uh clean F1 chronograph and pretty reasonably priced. I mean, they say the MSRP is uh what about 8,800? Yeah. I don't I don't think that you'd necessarily pay that, but uh but to have a uh sort of a part a piece of uh, the new F1 team and sort of that team history. And also, I was looking at, uh, I was using Chrono 24 to look at the prices of the old Renault version. So, if you're a super Renault fan, maybe some of those are going up uh, on sale. And then you were also were talking about the um, 
the new chrono in blue their new steel chrono which i wonder if more people start looking at this because i know i shouldn't say it looks like the nautilus i know it's naughty but you know because the nautilus <laughs> is a, so scared just an integrated bracelet sports watch just don't an, talk, yeah don't, sorry it's, just, it's just uh, integrated bracelet sports watch <laughs> i should it's, i know it's naughty it's well you know it's funny like this this conversation reminds me of um so uh that milwaukee has a sawzall right and so everybody's like, you, but everybody calls everything a sawzall. They're like, oh yeah, hand me the sawzall. But that's a trademark name. And I so don't know like, what that is. I don't. I don't what for our a, English viewers? It's a reciprocating saw. Oh right. Okay. Okay. So you know, it's the it's the whole like Kleenex versus tissue. So everybody asks for a sawzall, but they really want a reciprocating saw. So I feel like it's the same conversation where you're like, it's a steel sports watch. It's with an integrated bracelet. It's not a Genta design. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, I actually really like. Yeah, I think it's just I, 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 six thousand four hundred. Just a little, little. It's probably worth it, but for me, it just it, uh, there's other watches that I like more in that category. But I, I do quite like that. I, I think. It's yeah, a, I I have seen. I haven't seen the chronograph in person. I have to get over and try the chronograph in person. This one. So the thing that sold the, the thing that's selling it for me is um it's the when they did the blue one they they removed the sub indices the seconds indices so if you look at the blue BRO5 right there they don't have the little second tick marks Oh yeah yeah they but the black I don't know one if I'm does I'm feeling that I, I Yeah don't know exactly if I'm feeling that it makes it look a bit more um field watchy but more I don't know, more, bit, yeah, not it, childish is the wrong words, but it yeah, looks less mature. Yeah, okay, that's a, yeah, that's a good word. But, but if you go to the black one, it has those marks. It has the seconds. Yeah, I like it a lot more and for some reason. what's interesting to me is the chronograph, the new chronograph, keeps the, obviously keeps the seconds indices because it's a chronograph. Um, but I, yeah, I would, I don't, I don't know why they dropped it for the blue, but I, I that that was my one little hang up. Maybe that's my TJ indice hang up there. Yeah, and <laughs> which think, is okay because we're going on a bit of a tangent here with these. But I think that it it, it has to be on that metal bracelet, doesn't it? The yeah. rubber is not doing anything for me on that on that really. Yeah, I think I would get the rubber just as a backup, but I'd have to buy it on the steel bracelet for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, guys, let us know what you think of all of the stories over on the Facebook group or in the comments section down below. As always, we really appreciate you watching and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.